Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salam Media. Welcome back to the special focus. Welcome back to Salah Media. I'm Zahid Jadwit, keeping you company until 4 p.m. this afternoon. Now, according to several reports, Saudi Arabia has launched a new crackdown against senior royals and top officials in what appears to be Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's latest effort to consolidate control of all major levers of power inside the kingdom. Among those held in the sweeping crackdown are two, one, two of the most prominent royal family members, Prince Ahmed bin Abdulaziz, who is a younger brother of Saudi King Salman, and the king's nephew and former crown prince, Prince Mohammed bin Nayef. There has been no official comment from Saudi authorities on the arrests, but reports emerging on Friday triggered rumors about a possible coup attempt or sudden deterioration in the health of the 84-year-old king. So for more on this, we are joined now by the Executive Director of Afro-Middle East Centre, Naeem Jina. Assalamu alaikum, Naeem, and welcome to Salaam Media. Wa alaikum, salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, firstly, Naeem, let's just clarify the situation. Have these just been a few detentions or were they actual arrests and imprisonment upon the instruction of the Crown Prince? Please help us understand what's going on here. Well, by all indications, it seems, uh, unless you read the Saudi media, of course, if you read the Saudi media, um, there doesn't seem to be anything out of place. But but from all accounts, it seems that um, uh, perhaps up to as many as 20 members of the Saudi royal family have been uh, arrested uh, on on the orders, as you said, of uh, of the Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman um, about three days ago. What do we know about the motives of these arrests or this crackdown? What is Prince Salman doing, actually? Uh, I say it's Prince Mohammed. <clears throat> it's, uh, well... I mean, when he was appointed crown prince in June 2017, um, this was in a sense um, going against the, the founder of, of the Saudi um, kingdom or Saudi royal family, um, because the, the uh, understanding was that the succession of, uh, of the kingship should pass among the brothers before, so horizontally, before it went down vertically to their sons. Mm-hmm. Um, Salman, however, appointed uh, Muhammad, his son, as crown prince. And from the time that uh, Muhammad was appointed uh, the, the crown prince, mm-hmm. um, at the age of about 33, um, he has been doing whatever he felt was necessary in order to do two things. One is um, ensure that he um, will become king and will maintain full power over the Saudi state. Mm-hmm. Um, even upsetting the, the kind of balance of power um, within the Saudi royal family and collecting all of that power in his own person or in, in his own office. Um, that, that was number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, embarking on some kind of um, what he refers to as a kind of modernization uh, project in Saudi Arabia. Now, in terms of that first one, we saw that uh, barely about five months after he was appointed Crown Prince, mm-hmm. um, he locked up in the Ritz-Carlton, what, about 500 um, Saudi nationals, uh, including um, some of the richest uh, business people in the kingdom, one or two of whom are among the richest in the world, or were among the richest in the world, mm-hmm. and released them later only after they had paid um, huge rams- ransoms. 
in some cases billions of dollars um, in in cash and and assets etc. But um, it wasn't just about the money. Um, there were three things that he did there. One was um, um, strip many of these people of large parts of uh, large parts of their um, of their wealth. Number two, that he took over control of some of the most important um, media in Saudi Arabia that was in the hands of individual members of the royal family. And um, number three, that he, uh, he ensured uh, before that those arrests mm. that uh, various offices that had been allocated to um, different members uh, or different uh, parts of the royal family, that he took it under his office. So, for example, the intelligence services were always uh, in the Naif family. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Guard was in the family of uh, of Abdullah, the former king. Um, all of that is in his control. The latest move three days ago, in a sense, kind of consolidates that. Mm-hmm. Um, what we saw in, uh, um, in in 2018 and then 2019 was a, a push towards ensuring that uh, dissent within within the kingdom was minimized through various rep- repressive measures including in 2018, for example, the murder of the, of the journalist uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're seeing now is that uh, he has identified um, of the 20, at least two of them who could be potential um, rivals to the throne um, if other sections of the royal family decides to, uh, to galvanize behind them. Um, the one is Ahmed. Um, Ahmed bin Abdulaziz, who is the only surviving brother um, of Salman. And so mm-hmm. in terms of the original idea of the Saudi kingdom, he should be the next king. Um, and, and although uh, Ahmed has not been very prominent in, in government uh, roles, etc., mm-hmm. um, there's the possibility that because of that symbolism that there could be some galvanizing behind him. And the other is um, uh, Mohammed bin Naif, who has a long history in government, um, set up, in fact, very effective and repressive um, intelligence service in the Saudi Kingdom, um, and for a brief while was um, was crown prince. Um, mm. And then, of course, um, uh, Ahmed's son and, um, and, and Muhammad's brother uh, uh, as well, um, and, and others that he believes might support him. So, sorry, I, I took a long time, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a sketch of, um, of where we are today in terms of what uh, Prince B.S. has been doing over the past uh, three years mm. or two and a half years. Mm. Now, it would appear that he's doing all means, uh, he's exercising all means at his disposal to make sure that he does ascend the throne eventually. Have these moves worked in his favor, really? Well, that's debatable. Um, I mean, <clears throat> he's now sitting um, not uh, at the head of, but he's sitting on top of um, a royal family that is more divided than it has ever been. Mm. In fact, um, that is a much more uh, profound statement than, in my, than it might sound like, because the way that the Saudi royal family has always worked mm. um, uh, has been uh, in in terms of uh, maintain, maintaining its unity. And so um, the, the, the manner in which uh, different posts are allocated uh, within government to different sections of the royal family, the manner in which succession takes place, um, the manner in which allowances are granted, all of these things 
um, are done in a way that, or have been done, in a way to ensure the unity of the family and therefore a kind of strong wall of the Saudi royal family against uh, any dissent, against any opposition. Um, no dissent is, is brooked within the, the royal family. Um, dissent is, is repressed. And on the rare occasions when you have had that dissent from within the family, those people have been isolated because of this unity. Um, he has now broken that. There's, there's no longer a united uh, Saudi royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, they have broken up, uh, you know, not, not, not broken up into different uh, sections, but mm. broken up basically into two, two sections. Um, the one is uh, the um, Prince Bias section, and the other is the rest, uh, um, in a sense. Um, mm. And so he has divided the, the, the royal family. The Saudi economy is at the moment um, probably the worst it's ever been since oil has been discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, he, he's, he's not doing much to improve that. In fact, uh, as you know, um, he created a huge global crisis um, on Friday, was yeah. it, uh, over the weekend, um, when he announced, when they announced that they're going to reduce the price of oil and uh, increase their production. Um, yeah. That, uh, again, will, in fact, not necessarily be to the benefit of Saudi Arabia because reducing their, their price is going to mean less income, and they're hugely dependent on that. So, mm. um, in, in a sense, he is sitting on top of a... Um, a, a house of cards um, that is slowly beginning to uh, beginning to collapse, and mm-hmm. I don't think that he understands what is happening, and he doesn't know how to keep it together either. Um, mm-hmm. Apart from the royal family whose support he has largely lost, except for his own brothers, mm-hmm. um, he has also, um, in a very determined way, um, isolated the ulama. In, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Now, the ulama um, have been very important in Saudi Arabia because there's always yes. been this kind of deal between the Saudi royal family and the Saudi ulama mm-hmm. that they each protect the other. Um, the, uh, the, the royal family ensures that um, the fatawa that the ulama passed would get implemented as, um, as law, basically, and so um, the kind of um, Wahhabi... Um, uh, perspective will be in a state, uh, in, in a sense, the state religion, and the ulama have ensured that they give the fatawa that are necessary to protect and defend the royal family. Mm-hmm. He has gone out of his way uh, to reduce the power of the ulama and to alienate and, and marginalize them. And again, this is going to be to his detriment. So, it, when it does come to the crunch. Um, I don't see uh, Mohammed bin Salman having much support either within the royal family or within the ulama or virtually any other section of the um, or, or, or of the Saudi state. He might have the repressive apparatus like the army, etc. But um, the little support that the royal family uh, has had, um, he is ensuring that that won't last for very long. Mm. I know we were actually set to discuss uh, mainly the arrest and the crackdown, but this is actually quite interesting. So just one more question, um, aside from the crackdown itself, what does this disunity which you speak about, what does it really mean for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, this disunity within the, the, the royal family? The, the unity or the disunity? The disunity. So, uh, 
the, the, the kind of unity that existed ensured that the, that, that the Saudi royal family was always a block, mm-hmm. that it always um, made decisions on basis of consensus. When it came out uh, with a decision, everyone supported it, etc. Um, the disunity now means that while not many within the royal family are talking against um, uh, against uh, uh, Muhammad, mm-hmm. that uh, there's huge dissatisfaction. And the only reason they're not talking is because of fear. Um, uh, uh, Ahmed himself, the one who was detained three days ago, um, mm-hmm. the king's brother, um, Ahmed himself um, uh, was, um, in, in a sense, in self-imposed exile. Um, it was in the UK, I think, uh, when there were protests out, out, outside his house, and people were cursing the family, uh, the, the Saud family. And he went out to the protesters and he told them, you know, don't don't blame the, the family, uh, blame the few individuals who are responsible uh, for it. And he was mm-hmm. referring here to uh, Mohammed bin Salman, of course. Um, and he basically had decided that he was going to stay in exile. He was not going to return until he was convinced to return and that he would be safe by U.S. and, and British uh, intelligence. And so that's the only reason he returned. But the, the point I'm making here is that this is um, probably the most senior uh, member of the royal family. Um, he himself is afraid of this 35-year-old uh, crown prince um, mm-hmm. and has now been arrested. So his fear has been justified. Um, but what it does is um, it ensures that the fear remains in the royal family, but there isn't uh, support for the king. So the disunity uh, within the royal family, the division that I'm talking about, is one where you have a um, uh, a king and his crown prince who are ruling uh, solely by themselves, and in fact, not uh, not by themselves, but the crown prince is, is ruling without the support of the broader royal family, and that is um, that is extremely dangerous. Yeah. But um, you know, none of this, of course, is uh, uncharacteristic of uh, Mohammed bin Salman. It's, it's, even, ru- it's even rumored, uh, Zaid, that he, mm-hmm. uh, he has kept his mother and father apart for two years because mm-hmm. he's afraid that his mother will, um, will convince his father to act against him. His father, the king, of course, uh, has dementia and uh, um, quite severe dementia and sometimes is lucid and sometimes is not. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the rumor is that uh, Mohammed has been afraid that his mother will kind of um, um, guide the father uh, to act against the silliness that uh, Muhammad is doing, ruling the kingdom. And so he's literally kept them apart um, for two years. Mm. Um, I mean, this is the kind of person that, uh, that the Saudis are dealing with. Could this actually be the, um, an indication of the fall of the Saud royal family in Saudi Arabia? Could this be the fall of the kingdom? I, I think that this is the beginning of the implosion of the of the Saudi royal family. So um, fall not because of forces from the outside, mm-hmm. but uh, because of forces from from within. And I think that this is how the Saudi royal family will end. Uh, it'll implode from within um, divisions and uh, infighting, um, and and basically destroy itself. Right. Lots to talk about. And I can see from the direction that this discussion is going, we actually have much more to discuss than just the crackdown, the latest crackdown, which took place last week. Um, Let's take a short break. And when we get back, we will unpack this further. Stay tuned. Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salaam Media.
Welcome back to the special focus on Salaam Media. I'm Zahid Jadid and I'm here hopefully until 4pm this afternoon. So before the break we were discussing the latest crackdown in which senior figures in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia have reportedly been detained or arrested upon the orders of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. So let's now continue this discussion. I see some of your comments are coming in already. Keep them coming. We'll try and read them in a short while. Um, for those of you who have just tuned in, my guest this afternoon is Naeem Jina, who is the Executive Director of the Afro Middle East Centre based here in Johannesburg. Naeem, before we took a break, we spoke to a great extent about the crackdown appearing to be a purge on dissent within the kingdom. Now, the most senior family member detained was Prince Ahmed bin Abdulaziz, and some would say his blood relation to the crown prince had so far appeared to provide him a measure of immunity against the wrath of the crown prince, even when he came down on others, you know. What does it mean now that MBS has arrested people within the inner circle, if you could call it that? Really, Ahmed didn't have um, uh, immunity, um, certainly not because of his uh, seniority in, in the family. As I said earlier, he was in self-imposed exile. He only returned in October 2018 um, because the American and British intelligence uh, convinced him that he would be safe, which meant that they made some kind of a deal with Ahmed bin Salman to ensure that, that he would be safe. Mm-hmm. And so there was this facade of, of his safety when he returned in October 2018, uh, Mohammed bin Salman welcomed him at the airport, um, you know, embraced him and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't uh, take away his allowances as he has done with uh, Mohammed bin Naif, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Prince Ahmed uh, clearly um, still believed that he wasn't entirely safe, and and that is why he, despite his comments while he was outside the country, when he returned. Um, he was essentially silent uh, for a long time. What mm. it means now um, is that um, no one is immune, um, whether in the royal family or not, from um, uh, from from Mohammed bin Salman and his uh, uh, his lust for power. Um, certainly, it seems that his mother is not immune from uh, from from that, um, and that uh, this is the, the most recent kind of. Um, not consolidation of his power, which he did in, in, in November 2017, but this is his attempt to ensure that they will not be able to rise against him, anyone from within the royal family, uh, to, to contest uh, power for the, for the kingship. And there's, there's a story um, that, he, um, that he planned because he realizes um, that if his father dies, mm-hmm. he will not get the support of the rest of the royal family and... Um, and, and will likely not be allowed to become king, despite mm. being crowned prince. Mm. Um, that his plan is, in fact, to ensure that before the end of this year, um, his father will abdicate in his favor, so he'll become king while his father is still alive. Um, this is uh, this is a story from some sources in, in some media, uh, not entirely confirmed, but it's not um, it's not. Uh, uh, surprising mm-hmm. um, if this is his plan. So um, if this is his plan to announce that he is the new king in November this year, as the story goes, um, then arresting these people now um, is, a, is a good move. Um, arrest them, break up any attempt um, from, uh, from within the royal family uh, to, to galvanize behind either of these two people, uh, Ahmed, who 
um, in terms of, of their tradition, should be the, the next king. Um, or Mohammed bin Naif, who has um, long history uh, in government, very senior, set up the intelligence services, was crown prince, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, these are probably the two uh, most likely candidates for other royals to galvanize behind. So if he gets rid of them, um, and, you know, chances are, as he has done with many others, they could be tortured, they could be, um, you know, silenced, they supported silence, etc. Um, mm-hmm. to, to clear the way, in a sense, for his acceding to the, uh, to the throne in November of this year. Mm. Now, um, some people have suggested that this could be an, an, uh, uh, there could be an imminent coup against uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Now, they have seen this as an attempt to cling on to power, uh, uh, as an attempt by Prince Mohammed bin Salman to cling on to power, and that he may have done it as a warning against anyone plotting a possible coup. Could this be the case? Well, this is the kind of thing he's saying. Um, I'm not sure that there, there was an imminent coup. Um, I, I think that he is uh, preparing for the possibility of contestation uh, from within the royal family. I don't think that there, there were plans uh, for a coup, you know, in the next week or in the next month or in the next couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. But he is, he is paving the way um, for his acceding to, to the throne and ensuring that any possible uh, contestation or rivalry to him is removed well before the time. All right. Now, arrests around, uh, announced by an official rather than the head of prosecutions or an institute of that sort would, of course, it would cause great uneasiness in a country like South Africa, for example, because we are a democracy. However, Saudi Arabia, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't think they are really a democracy. And it's happened in Saudi Arabia before and it seems to have happened again this time. What does this say about the authority and leadership in the kingdom? No, I mean, there's no doubt that Saudi Arabia is a monarchical, authoritarian dictatorship. Um, That's what it is. That's what it always has been in the form of of, um, Saudi Arabia. Um, No norms uh, or traditions of of democracy apply. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, Mohammed bin Salman has been trying to fool, um, I should say, with with, uh, some degree of success uh, in some respects. Um, to fool particularly the Western world into believing that he's some kind of a great reformer, um, you know, moving towards uh, uh, more openness, uh, more youth empowerment, uh, women empowerment, and, and all of that. And all of that, of course, is, uh, uh, is, is rubbish. Um, it's really about him maintaining power um, and, and controlling all the levers of power and becoming king so that he can control all the levers of power for the next, um, um, you know, five or six decades, um, if the age of Saudi royals is anything to go by, um, and uh, mm-hmm. and and to ensure that he maintains a uh, a kingdom where he has all the power, and um, uh, you know those who are younger uh, people within the Saudi royal family, the under forties, is mm-hmm. who he wants to keep on his side so that they can. Um, you know, they can grow old together. And that means, for example, that the kinds of so-called reforms he's been doing um, in terms of opening cinemas and um, having uh, music concerts and, and all of that um, will be attractive to this uh, younger demographic um, mm-hmm. that will ensure that he remains in power without uh, objection. It also means, of course, that all of these things uh, undercut the power of the ulama, 
which for him is uh, is very important. So um, this has nothing to do with democracy. It has nothing to do with uh, um, with human rights. It has nothing to do with corruption, which is what he said in in, uh, in November 2017. This is all about him uh, ensuring that he remains in power for uh, for more than the next half a century. And the question that would then arise is: um, Do these crackdowns sit well with the people of Saudi Saudi Arabia? Well, we wouldn't know because no one takes a, is allowed to take a poll. Um, mm-hmm. Look, uh, there, there's 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 uh, there's large scale, well, not large scale, but there's significant dissent uh, within Saudi Arabia. There's certainly dissent within the Saudi royal family, as we as we know. Even mm-hmm. if that dissent is uh, somewhat silent, you hear every now and then of uh, um, of incidents taking place where. Some other junior prince did this, that, or the other, fired a gun in the air, got arrested, all kinds of things. Mm. Um, so there is dissent within the within the royal family. Uh, outside of the royal family, there definitely is dissent, um, both within Saudi Arabia as well as, um, as citizens who have left the country and gone into exile. Um, there are little groups, um, you know, whether strong or weak, uh, or individual uh, dissidents um, in various parts of the world. Um, mm. Europe, um, the United States, etc., um, and then of course uh, there's much stronger and bigger dissent in the eastern part of the country, where the population is largely Shia. But more importantly, in in uh, uh, from my perspective, mm. uh, more importantly, these are the kind of um, Saudi working class. Um, these are the mm. people who work in the oil refineries, etc., mm-hmm. um, and maintained in an impoverished state. Um, don't see the benefits of the oil that they um, that they feel coming out of the ground uh, um, on on which they stand. Um, mm. And and the the descent in that part of the country has been ongoing for for decades. Mm. Um, we don't hear about it, of course, much because of the depression of. Um, uh, of media freedom, of journalists, um, and uh, and and the general repression in the country, mm-hmm. but uh, but the dissent is there, both inside and outside the country. And earlier on, you did mention something about um, uh, uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman wanting uh, his father to, in fact, give up the throne in his favor before he dies. Now, the arrests that uh, and this crackdown have also raised questions about whether the crown prince is on the verge of taking full power from his father, and basically that a transition is imminent. Could this be a possibility? I mean, the king himself is said to be suffering from deteriorating health, and now he's already 84 years old. So could this be a possibility? Well, the, the, the truth is that uh, Prince Bias is, the, in fact, the de facto king. He's mm. not the, legally the, the, the king, but uh, in most respects, he runs the state. There's one or two points on which uh, Salman has uh, come out and said something or the other, um, perhaps one point on which he has disagreed with his son, but otherwise, it's uh, it's the crown prince who is running the country. It's the crown prince, uh, crown prince who declared war uh, on Yemen. It's the mm. crown prince who uh, who has decided on all of these arrests and uh, uh, detentions, etc. Occasionally, he um, he gets these decrees signed by his father. But uh, it is clear that all of these uh, uh, strategies and and uh, tactics uh, are his and and not the king's. So. 
in a sense, he's already he's already running the kingdom. The question is not whether he's running the kingdom or not. The question is, will he still be running the kingdom after his father dies? Um, mm. And that is what he wants to ensure will happen. All right. Let me just read a message quickly for the listeners. Remember that you can join the discussion. We love it when you do that. You can tweet and tag at Salah Media and at Zahi Jadud, or you can WhatsApp your messages if you like. The number for that is 0617660355. Let's see. Amir Shah sends a message here saying, The thing is that there was there were no serious coup attempts or attack on royals in Saudi Arabia until Pakistani Sharif arrived. Security of MBS need to think about the pattern. Another tweet here from Manyoli reads, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's ally MBS is delivering tyranny and oppression. These two are cut from the same cloth. Professor um, Naeem Jina, um, let me just give you a chance to comment on this quickly before we move on. Move on. Well, I, I think the, the story about uh, Nawaz Sharif being instrumental in... Uh, uh, in instability, basically, in the Saudi, in Saudi Kingdom is, is, is nonsense. I mean, um, he was a, a client, if anything, uh, of the Saudi uh, Kingdom rather than uh, being someone who's creating things in, in the Kingdom. Um, and and the, second, the second question I'm not entirely clear about, uh, but uh, certainly what, what we're seeing is uh, a Saudi Arabia under Mohammed bin Salman, a Saudi Arabia that has become... Um, not just very close, but a close ally of mm-hmm. um, of, of the Israeli state. And uh, Mohammed bin Salman, Netanyahu, Jared Kushner, and Trump, um, in, in in a sense, planned this, uh, together the strategy for the region. Um, they are very much uh, uh, washing each other's hands. Um, and um, they doing this partly because they believe that they have a com- common enemy, which is Iran, um, mm. and partly because uh, Mohammed bin Salman doesn't care about the Palestinians or, or anyone else. Um, and if uh, developing good relations with Israel is going to help him to make more money, um, then that's what he will do, and he believes that that is the case. Okay, I must say this is a really interesting discussion and there's lots to talk about. Let's take a short break and when we get back, we wrap up. We'll be asking the final question that is, um, now what should what would be the result of this crackdown? Stay tuned. Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salam Media. Welcome back. Now, let's just quickly wrap up our discussion for today. We were talking for the bulk of the last hour about the recent crackdown on senior family members of the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Naeem Jina is with us on the line this afternoon and he's been keeping an eye on what's going on in, in that end of the world. I must say it's been an intriguing discussion so far. Naeem, just finally for you, what could we see coming as a result of the most recent crackdown, this time on members of the royal family itself? I don't think we'll see anything from within the royal family immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll see anything uh, from the ulama immediately in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, but I think that the, the rumors that he is planning to become king uh, by November uh, will spur the royal family onto some kind of uh, action um, to find some institutional way of preventing this, this from happening. And as it gets closer to November and these plans start getting um, um, slowly leaked out, 
um, that you might then start seeing more dissent uh, from from within the royal family. But this is a family that has been very contented, uh, very comfortable, and I'm not sure that uh, um, dissent is necessarily going to mean uh, revolution or coup or, or anything else like that. Um, mm. So I think we, we, we wait and see, but there's a good chance that um, Mohammed bin Salman will actually get away with what he is trying to do. All right. Lots more to talk about and, as usual, very little time. Um, Pravina Imjina, thank you so much for joining us on the Special Focus. That was Naeem Jina, who is the executive director of the Afro-Middle East Center based here in Johannesburg, talking to us about the latest crackdown led by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. What do you make of this as the listener? Keep your comments coming through. As always, we'll continue the discussion off air. My time on the show has now come to an end for today. It's an abs- It's been an absolute pleasure keeping your company this afternoon between 3 and 4 p.m., just like we do every Thursday afternoon. I'm looking forward to your feedback as well. I'd like to know your thoughts on the show, You you know, as a show itself, not just what we talk about, but um, your feedback for the show itself is very important for us. Um, now, thanks this afternoon to technical producers Shazia Zubair and Kanyusu Ziad Milazi. I'm Zahid Jadwit and it's goodbye from me for now.